Welcome everyone to Plugged and Unplanned. It's Tony Nash, the CEO of Booktopia, back with you again in lockdown. I would normally try and do this from the studio at Booktopia, but today um, from the home and from the laptop computer. So perhaps the, the audio is not going to be as crisp as it normally would. So forgive me, uh, but I think everyone in Australia has gone through a bit of lockdown. So you know how it feels. Today, I have on the program Nick Brax, the author of Move Your Mind, How to Build a Healthy Mindset for Life, published by Wiley. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks so much for having me, Tony. It's great. Yeah, looking forward to having a chat with you. Good on you. And uh, Nick just mentioned before that he's um, dialing in from Canada, completely out of lockdown. So, um, but he's, uh, he's, he understands what most of us are going through at the moment. So um, given that, it's your book is about a healthy mind and a healthy mindset. So um, just tell us a little bit about it so people get a sense of your backstory and, and how you came and to write the book and why it might resonate with some. Yeah, I've been in the mental health space for the last uh, 12 years now and fell into it. I'm not from a psychology background. I actually studied business and have started up different you know, businesses and been quite entrepreneurial and have also been in the entertainment industry and had a career in acting and been on different TV shows and um, got into that through modeling. So it's been a bit of a crazy journey, but um, I, if I backpedal a bit further, I grew up in a well-known family and, and also had issues with my own um, mental well-being growing up I had, had severe anxiety and OCD and didn't understand why I was having that and it came out in compulsive behavior and uh, I didn't have the self-awareness or knowledge to sort of deal with it and uh, that led to yeah extreme behavior uh, and eventually uh, when I finished at high school I um, I was off the rails I wanted to be a professional athlete I trained myself into the ground I had to stop I hadn't developed socially and and I around that time discovered alcohol because I wasn't coping and that led to years of uh, really, you know, dangerous behavior. And I was very lucky to come through that period. And uh, it was years after that when I was trying to piece myself back together that I was on a reality television show and got asked to talk about what I'd been through. And I started sharing it and uh, seeing how, how big of an impact it had on people by just, you know, me not doing anything really unique, just being honest, being vulnerable, telling my story. And uh, I got a huge response and started getting asked to go and share my story at schools and then companies. And I kept doing it, but I guess because it, it was helping me and I was also seeing how much it helped other people. And through that, developed a passion for it. And uh, it, it eventually, you know, turned into me, you know, spending the last 12 years doing, you know, talks all over the world and um, developing educational programs through my, my business and having my own podcast to get messages out there and, you know, using communication, I guess, as a way to, to get these messages out there in, in short. And that, and that led to the book, which is sort of a, all of that shoved into, you know, one, one package. <laughs> mm. It's, um, it sounds like it's going to be an interesting read and, and mental health. I mean, when you talk about, um, the, the time that that you um, started to move into that area 12 years ago, um, it, it's it's a little bit like coming out of out of the closet in a way in terms of you don't talk about that stuff to now um, uh, athletes, politicians, uh, business people, they're all saying I need to take a mental health break. Um, so it's it's kind of like, is becoming so mainstream you must have 
been witnessing that as well as, as it's like people want to talk about it, they want to own it, they want to hear what other people have to say. And when someone who they admire or, or they, they um, have followed have said that they want to take a mental health break or they're suffering from depression or some other mental health issue, that all of a sudden it, it uh, humanizes it, it makes them, it connects them, makes them feel like they're not on a pedestal, they're actually dealing with the same stuff. You mentioned your, your family background. So obviously your dad was the premier of uh, Victoria for a while there. Um, did that, um, did you, did, when you think back to that time, did you, did you feel that you were not neglected, but um, you're part of a big story that, um, that you, you were on for the ride and therefore um, you would have had a lot of attention. There would have been a lot of, um, uh, you know, that's Nick. Uh, you know, you know, he's part of that family. Did, was that, did that kind of unground you? Like, did you, did, did not coming from just a standard home, perhaps where everyone was just in, like the living, a, you know, more, more, you know, like I won't say normal life, but a life that most people are leaving, uh, living. And did you, did you have to come to grips with that? Or was, do you think that everyone in any circumstance with all the people that you've spoken to, doesn't matter whether you've come from, family where the, your father was a premier um, to, to just uh, every walk of life. How, how does that ring out for you? Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a complicated um, question in, in the sense that um, everyone's, you know, suffering is, is relative and people, you know, can have problems regardless of what the background and, you know, it, it's all different and, you know, not better or worse or harder or easier, but uh, in my specific circumstance, it definitely made it more difficult. I think the things that happened fundamentally uh, would have happened either way. If I think back to when I was a really young kid, I thought differently than other people. I had a very active mind. I um, didn't, you know, respond as well to convention or normal traditional schooling as a lot of people would have. And I had these issues with, you know, um, obsessive sort of behavior or thinking, which I think would have happened regardless. That was just in my DNA of how, you know, how I am. But having, growing up in a well-known family, having a father who was um, a prominent politician um, from the age of 12 till my early 20s, uh, having him be the, the premier of Victoria and everyone knowing who our family was, people referring to me as, you know, the son of this person, uh, definitely, you know, it's not a normal thing and it's not easy and it's sort of, I guess me being a very proud and passionate and ambitious person, um, I I saw it, you know, it would frustrate me thinking, okay, you know, I love my dad. I'm so proud of him, but hey, I'm I'm Nick. I'm not the son of, I'm, my name's Nick. And it initially drove me to think, what can I do? I need to do something so extreme. I need to beat my father. Then they'll all know me as Nick Brax. And, you know, and it, so that wasn't healthy. Um, it, but it did fuel, you know, a lot of probably in, in some ways it, it led to, you know, the path that I went on. And um, initially, you know, there was negatives that were coming out of it. But I eventually found a balance where I, you know, learned who I was and what I wanted to do. But it, yeah, that, that was a difficult thing. And you hear this with, you know, any, it's a, it's a pretty common thing with kids that have successful parents it, to find your own identity around that can often be really difficult. Mm. And, and so um, to then un, unpack how you, 
I think what most people want to know about, especially reading a book like this, um, they want to pick it up because they're trying to make a shift, trying to make a transition from where they were. What were some of the things then that when you think back that actually um, kind of um, made a, a, um, a fundamental change? You know, what are the, what, what's the bridge? What are those steps to get from one side of the chasm to the other side of the chasm and others can go, oh yeah, I can, I can relate to that or that's my way out. Uh, that's that's how I'm going to transform my life. What, how, how do you, what, what do you, yeah. you probably even got it in your book. Yeah, I mean, the book is there to really like, to, to sort of act as a catalyst for that. I mean, the idea of the book is we've tried to, which I think we've, you know, from the feedback we're getting, we're really proud of what we've put together and getting, you know, great, great feedback on the, in the sense that it's relatable where, you know, it's got the common thread of my story through it. We've interviewed everyone from, you know, celebrities to wellness experts, to grassroots stories, to really share other stories around a range of areas to help people learn and make the book engaging. But then it's divided into these, you know, four key areas around move your mind, still your mind, connect your mind and feed your mind. And this, that's all about having experts showing here's are all these holistic areas that lead to our wellness. And here's how we can self-identify how to, um, how to put that into our own life. And then, you know, we guide people through it, but um one of the key things I would say to that, if you just sort of, at, you know, that starting point of, I don't know what to do, you know, where do I begin? Uh, it's really, you know, the first steps, just the, the thing that I always say is there's only one thing that you should not do and that's nothing. So sort of take that very first step, go and speak to someone, go and talk to a friend, go and see a, see a professional, go and pick up a book, go and just anything at all to get the ball rolling. If you are really stuck and you're just feeling overwhelmed and you don't, um, feel comfortable talking to someone or revealing to someone. You can literally go and call a free helpline and, you know, that'll get the ball rolling. So I think it's really taking that first step. And, uh, you know, the key thing that from, from day one, I mean, I've like now built a, I guess, an educational business. I work with wellness experts and there's a whole range, a whole lot of layers to the stuff that I'm doing. But what I started out doing 12 years ago, um, I still believe is, the most important thing to this day. And that goes back to just being okay with being 100% authentic and yourself and being honest and showing vulnerability. I think if we can learn to do that, the other things will start to um, resolve themselves or, you know, byproduct of our behavior, we'll start to deal with them. But if we can learn just to be comfortable with being ourselves and being vulnerable, I think it, it you know, it makes a huge difference. Mm. So can I ask them with all the, people that you've met, um, I mean, mental health to me is, is um, applies to 100% of the people on the planet. It's not like um, you're excluded, oh, you don't need to worry about mental health and uh, you don't need to worry about your physical health or your emotional health or your spiritual health, right? Um, it's part of, it's like, it's like neglecting the fact that there's air and oxygen that you have to breathe. Um, but when you, when you think about um, say the youngsters coming through um, and you're working in schools, as you said, how do you, like, how much of a gap is there? Um, I read in the, in the opening to your, to your book that you could see there was a, there's a real void of, of even, not even courses, information, um, kind of addressing the fact that there's, um, that people are dealing with mental health issues. So how, how do you um, 
you know, how young are people starting out? If you think back to your own youth and siblings and your friends, um, that we need to be already practicing things like we go out and tell kids to go and go for a run or go for a walk. Mm. Um, how early should we be developing this muscle, this, this skill? I, well, yeah, I think as early as possible. And, you know, to the point you said before, like I, the, what I'm really interested in and what I'm trying to do in this work is not so much about um, just being, you know, talking to, uh, to people that are depressed or really suffering. I mean, that's an important area. And, you know, there's amazing services for that. The area that, you know, I'm interested in is the mainstream area of, hey, we're all human. Uh, it, you know, not saying that I don't need to look after my mental health would be like saying, I don't need to exercise or I'm going to wait till I have a heart attack to eat well and exercise. It's like, well, it's going to help. Like, like the, what you said, if you're a human, you're going to have, you're going to have to look after your mental health to some degree. If you want to, if you want to live a balanced, healthy life. And we're not taught this stuff in school. We're often not taught through our parents. And it's, that's because in society, our parent, you know, it's a, it's a cyclical thing and it's been passed down and parents haven't been taught from their parents um school the schooling system has is archaic and hasn't changed very much over the years and it's not catered to teaching about this kind of stuff so we often have to live through trial and error and make mistakes and you know as i'm talking about in my story sort of go through that kind of um that journey that could have maybe been prevented to a degree or could have been navigated in a more healthy way so i think uh it should be embedded into the schooling system we should be taught properly about you know how can I communicate how can I become more self-aware how can I understand emotions how can I learn to have better relationships with people how can I do things like exercise and you know look into things like meditation and mindfulness and all those sort of areas it should be you know I think it's as important if not more important than any other subject that's taught in the entire school system because you know what is it's a, this is a fundamental part of day-to-day -day life. So I think the, the long-term way for it to change is it, it, it becomes, you know, embedded into schooling. Mm, that makes so much sense to me. And, and, and are we making any progress in that area? Because you, you're in the area. Have you, are you seeing anything? Is it, what's happening? We definitely are, yeah. I mean, schools for a long time now have been, you know, incorporating mindfulness and different practices. It's talked about. Um, they, you know, have speakers such as myself and other organizations come in, they work with a lot of the different mental health charities. So it's definitely making a shift. And I think being over in the U S as well, especially uh, for it's probably highlighted that Australia actually is really good on a global scale with, you know, the, the movement they're making in mental health and how it's being talked about and the changes that are happening. So I think that's really positive, but I think it's, you know, probably at 5% of where it needs to get to. Uh, I think it's fantastic. There's so much awareness about it and it's more accepted and talked about, but it's again, that's step one. You know, it's again going back and I always go back to sort of the exercise analogy because mental health is hard for people to um, sometimes process because it's not tangible. So if you go back to, again, um, if it was using that exercise analogy that it's great that it's being talked about, if everyone understood that exercise is good for you and it's, you know, people are comfortable now talking about exercise because there used to be a stigma with even talking about it. That's great, but no actual physical change is going to happen unless each individual goes and, you know, does something about it. Um, so step one is, is happening, but the bigger longer term steps are 
you know, there's such a long way to go. And I think it's going to take a long, long time. Like anything, it takes something drastic like COVID to make everything become digital and for workplaces to change. Probably something that would have taken a decade to change has happened in, you know, under a year because of necessity. And I think it's like that with a lot of things in life, you know, the, the tools are there to change it, but it takes a long time for systems to, for people, people don't like, you know, quick change. Mm. Yes. No, that's a, that's a very slow moving wheel, that one. Um, So um, my, um, my situation is that, uh, well, my, my son has ADHD and my wife, his stepmother, was able to detect something was going on and picked up on it. And this is uh, about five years ago. And, and so he, uh, he was diagnosed and got on the medication uh, for ADHD and his life transformed immediately. It was incredible. It wasn't long after that where she said, you know, I reckon you've got it as well. And I said, well, honey, you were right about, um, about Tyler. So why don't, why don't I go and check it out? And I went and saw the psychiatrist and he, and he said it. There's no way you've got ADHD. Look at Booktopia. It's $200 million company. It's you know, over 200 staff, blah, blah, blah. Very successful. He said, but before I make my final decision, could your wife come in? And so a week later, we go in and we sit down. And after 20 minutes, he looks at me and he goes, you definitely have ADHD. And it was such a, a revelation to me. Everything was almost like I went, by, I went behind the stage and with the curtain closed and I Oh, so that's the way, and that's why everything was working out the way it was working for the whole of my life. And and so I found out four years ago. And when I do my keynotes um, and public speaking, I, I share with people about um, that I have ADHD and amongst other things. But I'm mostly speaking about Booktopia and and some of the things that we've that I've used my my mindset to be able to create it where it is. But at the end, when people come up or emails or contacts, it's all about. Oh, you got ADHD, I've got ADHD or my, my wife or my kids or someone they know. It's all about mental health. And mm. when, when um, my son was, um, before he was diagnosed and we were seeing psychologists, um, you take them into the psychologist and they sit down and they come out at the end, what a lovely kid, very, you know, very thoughtful, very, very introspective and good thinker. Problem was, is that in the moment when you know the, the shit's hitting the fan, it's like all those all of those things disappear, um, and what what you know, what you have access to. So I'm long-winded yeah. way of getting in, diving in a little deeper. I want to get into this if I could. When you've started to master some of the things that you're talking about in your book, and you, what you've done in your life. Is more about when the shit's hitting the fan. How do you and how have others that you've worked with or that you've um, listened to or work when it's really when you're hitting that, when you feel yourself sliding and getting back down and you're just feeling crappy. Mm. Um, do you feel now with what you've mastered and considered and worked that you actually have the 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 base, the, the foundation to go, yeah, yeah, I have. I have the structure to support myself. I'm not going to derail. I'm not going to. You, uh, do, do you know where I'm coming from? Do you? How have you dealt? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So because yeah. you've had these, you've had these revelations 12 years ago, and your life has turned around. But it doesn't. It's not. It's not. You haven't gone to you know the in the the land of of the perfect you know perfect life. This stuff happens, right? No. So 
when of when course. you're feeling yeah, yeah when you're feeling flat if you're going to like we've been in isolation or lockdowns just tell us a little bit more about that because i think that's what we want to know we all want to know that you we have tools available to us to turn things mm -hmm. around of our own accord or that we have people who we know how to reach out to definitely and and yeah and and thank you for you know sharing that as well about yourself and and your son and um, I think, like you said, it's such an important thing talking about that because it gives other people permission to think, oh, you know, I have that as well, or it's not a big deal. And and the reality is most of the, or a lot of the most brilliant people in the world and in history have had different things with mental health from being, you know, Richard Branson's dyslexic, you know, Winston Churchill was manic depressive. Like there's so many, and and often the reason people have these issues in those areas that are very successful is, the, the same thing that makes them so brilliant is, you know, your mind's operating at such a level and it's so very active, uh, but that also can lead, if it's not managed well, to mental health problems because you're, it, it is, you know, operating at that level. So then it's op open to thinking about so many different things. So it's about managing it. So, um, and you're, I, I completely agree with what you were saying, you know, psychology, psychologists, psychiatrists, et cetera, incredibly important and we need them. But a lot of the time and what I found and what I, a lot of people I've spoken to have found the same thing, you talk to psychologist after psychologist and at a certain point you become pretty well educated. We're like, yep, I get it. You know, you, I understand what you're saying. You walk out five minutes later, you're like, hey, I'm feeling bad. I don't know what to do tell me what to do. A lot of them can't. Well, they don't give you very practical things. And for, for me, the things that have helped me have been um, really through trial and error over the years. Uh, and they're simple things. You know, I number one for me, and I come from a competitive sporting background, I exercise every day. And I think it's profound how much that helps in any form of movement. And that's um, one of the most, you know, I think they say that, you know, exercise is as effective if not more effective than a lot of antidepressants. So it's like very, you know, impactful what that can do. Um, so I've got that in my routine. I uh, do gratitude journaling. So every morning I'll write down things that I'm grateful for. Um, I meditate daily. Uh, probably one of the most important ones I do is I've got people close to me uh, that I know inside out and that, you know, same with both ways. And um, I talk, you know, regularly to, and I can call, at any time when I'm struggling and they can do the same to me. And I think just having that when you're, when you're in that, sometimes when you do feel like your world's falling in, it's just calling someone that knows you and explaining and they can rationalize things with you. Uh, so I think having, you know, the big thing, and again, you know, the book, the whole point of the book really is to drill down to how can, you know, to be that guide. I can pick this up and here are some really practical things that I can learn that I can, you know, start to incorporate into my own life. And the thing that I talk about all the time is creating habits. Uh, I think if we don't create an embedded habit, we're not going to stick to it. And if we don't stick to it, we won't get the benefit. Uh, and if we don't have that habit, when our world is falling, falling into pieces, we won't be able to automatically draw on it. So I guess going back to an example in my own life, because I do these things daily, I've had you know periods over the years where I remember about three years ago, I had um, a whole lot of really traumatic negative things happen at once that I could not control. And I felt like my world was falling apart and I was in a pretty bad way and I didn't know what to do and I couldn't change it. Um, but I would wake up in the morning and there was, you know, a bunch of things that I could control. I could control if I go and exercise because that was just up to me and it made me feel better. I could control if I, you know, meditate, I could control if I talk to friends, I could control going out 
into nature. That's another huge one. So I think just having, you know, there's no right or wrong of what these things should be, but again, having these really embedded daily things that make you feel good, that are personal to you, that no matter what happens around you, no one can take away, uh, then you can just draw back on them and they become like a clutch. And, you know, my life, I'm living overseas, traveling, I don't have a lot of certainty, but within that, and that often gets overwhelming, but again, I've got these, the daily sort of things that I do almost become, you know, my home or my safe place that when things are, you know, uncertain, you draw back on those. So I think that's, yeah, I couldn't, can't stress how important I think, you know, that kind of thing is. Wow. So when you think back to the train wreck or the, um, the you know, going off the rails period of your life, does that feel like another life ago now? Does that feel like you're, you're looking almost at someone else's story? Is there separation or do you still, how does that kind of, kind of sit in with um, yeah, it does. It, it feels like a different lifetime and a different person. But at the same time, I can understand, you know, why it happened and it, you know, it can happen to, to anyone. And I just didn't have the sort of, you know, guidance or, or knowledge of, of what to do. And I wasn't self-aware enough and a whole lot of issues. So, it, it, you know, if, I, if that sort of thing was happening again now, I'd know what to do. But I think it's like anything in life. It's like saying, you know, um, I'm going to, and I had this experience actually, you know, I want to start a business. The first business I started, I look back now and I remember um, I thought I, you know, I was trying to start three businesses at once and I thought I had no experience in anything and I was going to take over the world. And I remember my dad giving me some advice and I, you know, and I'd be like, no, don't, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to, I can do this and blah, blah, blah. And I look back now and, you know, you cringe and you're like, how was I so arrogant and, um, you know, naive and, you know, you, you, but in hindsight, sort of you you realize that, but you don't know at the time. So I think it's it's just a learning process, like anything in any area. Mental health is the same thing that we just need to learn. If we don't know it, we don't know it. Yeah, amazing. Hey, so so, <laughs> but it was a gift. It was a gift. You, if you hadn't had all of that experience, you wouldn't be um, making this um, important impact now. It would have it would have been. Um, it would have been very, uh, it would have been a crusade rather than having gone there and fought the war to then be able to go out and, and share. So it's obviously, it wasn't easy at the time, probably yeah. was harder for your parents than it was for you, for you um, being a parent. I know what that's like. Yeah, um, definitely. So, so we've, got, we've got Nick Brax on our podcast today, Move Your Mind, How to Build a Healthy Mindset for Life published by Wiley, actually out this month, August. So it's a shame that you couldn't be here uh, for your launch. Um, it, that really sucks. Um, it's, I assume it's your first book. Um, if your English teachers um, could think today he wrote a book, like, is that like, or they're going, yeah, of course, of course he was always going to write a book. Um, like, are they scratching their heads going, I can't believe even what I'm seeing, or do you reckon they'll go, no, that, that makes a lot of sense? Oh, I think they would probably at the time have been surprised. Yeah, I was sort of not, I, I wasn't bad. I, I just wasn't that committed academically, but um, so they probably would be surprised. I was I always did have a bit of a more sort of entrepreneurial sort of streak. So I guess maybe they might've seen a bit of that, but um, yeah, I think, especially if I think back to even in university, I think a lot of, a lot of them would have been surprised with, you know, the path that I go down on. Cause I'm even surprised about it when I think of, you know, Nick back then. So it's, um, mm. 
it's yeah it's crazy how things can change so if I, if I look at some of the the chapter headings to give us all a bit of an insight here and you know, i do encourage everyone to go out and buy nick's book uh, the um you can get it in any bookstore or online of course booktopia please um do yourself a favor it's it's the that you've got it into four different parts mental health and well-being healing and sharing the four practical pathways which is what you referred to before moving your mind feed your mind connect and still your mind um, and then the three stages of sustainable change uh, which is what we were kind of touching on so you've you've got you've got it written you know, laid out quite um, um quite thoughtfully is it one of those books where you can simply just grab it one day and just open it up on a page and go you know that's what i need to read today or is it do you really need to work through it from page one through to the end to kind of go on the journey yeah um you can do both and we've yeah it, it's definitely designed so that you can just pick it up and you know you might be thinking oh, i really want to uh learn about the connect your mind section and you know um where I'm, I'm struggling with anxiety i want to deal with that you, you can open up and you know go to a section on that and just specifically use that and then you can and you can keep referring back to it and and in the final you know part of the book that ties it together it's sort of walking you through okay here's how we can put this into practice and you can keep going back to that whether it's you know using the guides for creating a new habit or identifying what that habit is and putting it into place or whatever it is um so I think that was really important because I think you've often either got a book that has that or you've got one where it's just an engaging story. But the thing we really wanted to achieve, which I think we have from, you know, what we've seen and what the feedback we're getting is sort of making it like that, making it really practical, but also having it to be engaging. So if you do read it from beginning to end, uh, as I was saying earlier, you've got my, the, my story threaded through the whole book. And then you've got these really interesting and compelling stories from other people. So you can still get that really engaging um, from beginning to end sort of experience of reading the book, but then you can refer back to it and use it as that sort of mental health Bible. So um, you know, we really put a lot of effort into trying to combine those two things. And uh, I feel like it, you know, we've achieved it as, as well as we could have. And when you say we, who's the we? Well, yeah, what with Wiley, I mean, they've been very hands-on in working with me. I I had uh, a ghostwriter working with me to help me sort of piece it all together. Um, I mean, I wrote the whole thing and sort of was, um, you know, writing five, 6,000 words a week and putting, a, you know, huge amounts of work into it. But I also, I've never written a book. I'm not a writer, um, hopefully getting better at writing. I, I enjoy it. But um, I when we first, you know, started the process, I said to, to Wiley that, I don't want to do it if I don't have, you know, someone guiding me through the process. So that's what we, you know, I think it was really important to bring that on. And, you know, I had, and we're able to sort of, from all the things I wanted to keep refining that and um, condensing it down and, you know, giving me a bit of a structure of what to write every week. So that was really important and, um, you know, really helped. And I think it's like anything sort of whatever you, whatever you're doing in, um, Work-wise, it's uh, always important to have, you know, a, a team to, to work with. Mm. What's one of the things that people don't realise, the name of the author is on the front of the book. However, uh, even for the very best writers and the most successful, there's a team of people behind them. Um, and the, the thought of that, sometimes people can't believe that that's actually true, but it is um, yeah. mostly the case. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think it's important, you know, whenever I'm talking about the book, I'm trying to always say we did this and mention that because uh, it has been, it's a huge team effort. And from every aspect and even, you know, right now we're doing the process of promoting the book and trying to get it out there. And again, that's a team effort and while your hands on them, we've got a PR company working with us and everything, you know, I'm one piece of it. Um, but it's, I think, yeah, it's important to understand that because that's what no, no one can do any one thing on their own. And, you know, if you circle that back to the whole, you know, mental health side of things, you can't manage everything on your own. You've got to have people helping you. You've got to be accountable to people. You've got to, you know, we just can't, we can't do everything, you know, just by ourselves in life. Correct. Absolutely. For books or anything. So, yeah. So when you think about the book and you guys now have worked on it for a while, is it going to be one of those books that people are picking up and they're saying, oh, God, thank goodness this is for me, which will be the case? Or do you think it's, which is more the case, actually, in most books, they're mostly buying them for themselves? Um, mm. Or is it one where you think a parent or a grandparent or a friend or colleague is going to be buying it for someone else? And will they be, you know, how are they going to be able to gift it to them saying, look, um, um, I know you're in trouble um, and mm. this could be this could be just the right thing for you right now. Do, you, do How's that kind of, how have you felt about the way that this is going to get into the hands of people? Is it is it going to be through gifting or through purchasing and then people um, kind of socially um, kind of getting on a, on a loud box and getting it out there and saying, this is an amazing book. What What's the gut feel? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which has been, you know, still part of the learning right now as we're trying to get it out there. And I guess like any book, it's difficult to, you know, get it out there amongst all of the noise of all, everything, you know, that how many, how many books are out there in the world. Um, but I think the, my gut feeling is from what I'm seeing, um, I think it'll be sort of a gradual thing over a, a period of time. Um, and I, I think the book, you know, we've designed it to stay relevant and not, you know, be, we've tried to make it a timeless kind of thing where it can be used, you know, it doesn't really matter. It won't become outdated. Um, and I've seen a bit of what you're talking about already where people are hearing about it and they think, oh, that would be, you know, great for my friend who's really interested in that area, or that would be great for, uh, you know, my, my son who's suffering from that. And he might learn from some of these people that are, you know, speaking in the book. So I think the gifting sort of thing I see being a big way that it will probably start to build momentum over time, but I think it'll probably be, yeah, like I said, a bit of a, a gradual thing. Mm. So we've spent, um, I've spent a lot of time doing the unplanned part of my, um, in my part of my podcast, um, I'm, I always um, am thoughtful around the fact that maybe there's things that, because of just my line of questioning, uh, we didn't get to talk about something that um, you know is perhaps really important in the book or something you really wanted to share. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you might want to just share with the listeners now? Um, I think we've covered, you know, a lot of really yeah key points that I would have wanted to cover but yeah when it comes to the book again it's just it's there to be um for as, as i was saying before we've made it to be designed that it can be for anyone you know you don't have to just be suffering from uh a mental health problem or you don't have to just be you know in a specific category it's sort of for anyone to learn from and to be you know a guide just if you want to better yourself um so I, f I feel like it, it achieves that. And I feel like that's an important part of 
um, the conversation in general that no matter who you are or what you're doing or how successful you are, we can all improve, you know, in that side of our lives because there's like, like everything else in life, there's no, you know, such thing as perfect. There's no end point to anything. Everything's about just continually learning and growing and doing things, you know, daily that sort of help us to become a, a better person in, you know, whatever we're doing. And um, that's what the book's been designed for. And, you know, when it cut, like I said, when it comes to mental health, I think it's very important that um, people on, on that mainstream level uh, understand that. And, uh, you know, so that's, we've written it with that in mind. That's my goal of, you know, getting it out as far and wide and using it to break that down. And that's why I'm in America as well. I'm sort of working, you know, I've been in the entertainment industry and I'm trying to combine that with the work in mental health. Now we're actually building a, or at the beginning of trying to create a TV show over here to, um, again, combine what I'm talking about, be educational, but engaging and I guess entertaining to a degree. So you can have, a mainstream audience to get these messages across. So sort of mm. that's, um, yeah, what I'm really personally interested in trying to do. Impressive and good luck with that. That sounds great. So we're, we're at the part of the yeah, program. Thank you. We're coming to the, the tail end uh, where um, I ask my um, guests to ask me me questions. Um, my th- One of my things is that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of the questions that you ask. and given that you're, you've spent a lot of time on this particular piece of work and you're a knowledge expert in this area. So by, uh, by getting you to ask me some questions or a question, uh, then they'll, listeners will get a sense of what questions do you ask that maybe mm. um, they could ask of others or of themselves. Mm. And that, that's why I'm curious. So if you were to um, ask me something, what um, put me on the spot, I don't mind. Uh, there's mostly no no topics that I won't cover. Um, sure. Fire away. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm obviously you know what you're what you achieved achieved and achieving in your work is is enormous, and I'm fascinated in that, and always wanting to learn you know more about business. Sort of with where you've gotten to in your career in in business, have there what what's been some of the most important lessons, or what would you say is um, something that's helped you get to where you are? What, what, what are some things that, um, yeah, have helped to be, you know, what would you say are some fundamental things that help right. people become successful in that, in that arena? So the, the one there about the quality of the questions is definitely Im- important for me. The, the curiosity that you might have around a particular subject matter to, to when I'm, Maybe if I'm traveling, I'm at a book fair or I'm at a technology fair or I'm just meeting someone at a, at a barbecue or, and you, you hear what they have. I've got a genuine interest and curiosity to understand a bit more and so I can get an angle. Um, mm. I, I've uh, trained myself, uh, call it what you will, in three-dimensional thinking. And that is, um, I, don't, you know, I don't think outside of the box. I think outside of the cube. So I'm constantly looking at a different angle, if I looked at it from here, if I looked at it from that person's perspective, if I looked at it from the author's perspective or the distributor or the customer or someone surfing the internet, so that that when I got into the book industry, so many people were very two-dimensional. They, you know, It's the way it always was and the way it always will be. It's like, well, I'm not seeing it that way, but good luck to you. And, and Booktopia is now the largest book retailer in the country. So it's that 
that ability to not be yeah. fixated to a position. And even to now, now where, where we are, where we're the, um, the largest one, to make sure that I'm not still sitting there going, well, it's the way it always was. It's like constantly challenging. Is there anything new? How can we think about this? So that's, that's been super important. Um, I, I got to interview the guy who took Ugg boots to America, a guy called Brian Smith. We've uh, got the book on our website called The Birth of Ugg. And when I, um, this was on the podcast series, and he said something to me that um, you got to look for the societal shift. So the kind of thing with mental health, like mental health, it was it was in the in the closet. It was you don't talk about it. So all of a sudden, oh, that person mentioned something, and all of a sudden you can start to see a wave coming through. And it's he was a surfer. I'm not a surfer, but you could tell from talking to him that if if he was sitting out the back of the waves, he could see a a little hump in the distance and he knew that would be the wave to catch because he's a surfer i have no mm. idea it's just another little hump um, but that was the one and that's what surfers learned to do and the same in business and it's like getting a, to feel the wave and 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 right be able to ride that wave and and to get the surge so as it's as you're starting to feel it build is being that's been super important to me um mm. The only other one I'll probably share, which for me personally, given my background um, with um, undiagnosed ADHD and just my own personality, uh, which has served me very well, is that um, you know I'm not my business, and yeah, if I if I superimpose my own ego and my own values and my beliefs on Booktopia then I reckon and maybe I would have got it to around 25 million, 30 million, not 220 million in revenue. Uh, because you self-sabotage to back to where you, who you think you really are. And, and so I always separated myself. What is the, what is the business need? What is the, what is the, um, what does that organism need right now? And because it wasn't me, it, it was able to flourish of its own accord. Um, so not, not, um, identifying myself with book as book as booktopia um, has been really helpful for it to continue to get through glass ceilings that may, i may have um i may have impressed upon the business it's an odd one but it is an important one probably um the very last one i would say is that i, I was doing a workshop many years ago it was a small one person i've done a lot of personal development workshops over the years um no, not in the last decade or so, um, but in, over the years. And there was this one that we were doing, it's 30 people, not, not too big. And we were split into two groups and our group were the cats and the other group were the dogs. And the, the facilitator put two lines of masking tape down either side of the room and, and us cats had to get to the other side of the room to the other masking tape. And, um, and so, so off you go and so ready, set, go. And so we went across and people got caught and there was giggling and laughing and and you know a number of us got it got across and we had a debrief after that and so what did you learn well you know it was it was easy i got hurt etc all these things and and the 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 guy who was um who was kind of running our little group said you got to try as hard as you can next time do, just do as hard as you can and the other group obviously told you got to stop them as hard as you can so Cats had to get to the other side of the room. The dogs were in the middle and ready, set, go. This time, almost all of us got across. There was a few more, I won't say injuries, but you know, like close injuries and, and it was pretty intense. And then um, 
Um, we debriefed after that and how did you go? Well, I tried, I really tried. Well, okay. And our little our group, our group team leader said to us, guys, your kittens are on the other side of the room. And if you don't get there, the dogs will eat your kittens. You understand what that means, right? And so, so everyone was, you know, was charged with that. And then they said, ready, set, go. And we just pulverized. You know, even there were some ladies who were more, more elderly in our group um, and who had struggled in the first two rounds. They just busted through and got to the other side because they understood. And, and what I learned from that was that intensity of focus, that ability to have... To, to understand what it is to really be going for something versus not going for something um, is, was really tangible to me. And, and so you, I've, I guess, in many ways, challenged myself and tested it. Is, am I, is that something that we really want to go for? Because if you do and you go for it, you can, you can cut through. Even if, you know, like when I started Booktopia, what do you want to start a bookstore for? This is in 2004. You know, there's Amazon, there's Borders, there's Dimmicks, there's Angus and Robertson, you're too late. Now people say to me, oh, it's lucky you got in early. Now, if I had listened, <laughs> yeah. if I had listened to the others and go, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, Amazon's there. Yeah, probably give it a miss. Who knows? And that's, I think there's some of the things that, um, that have helped create Booktopia. It is, it's back to wow. you, you, what, what you, you talk about in your, in, in your subtitle here. It's, it's like how to build a healthy mindset for life. It's the same for business. Uh, you, you've, it all comes down to the way that you think that will then result in certain particular outcomes. So, look, Nick, congratulations on on your book and more importantly on your career and what you've done in terms of uh, getting yourself out there and and making an impact and a difference. I'm sure you've you've got a, a lot of grateful um, listeners and friends and and followers who have, who have really appreciated your help and wish you all the success with with this one. Is it going to be a trilogy? Are we got have we got a Lord of the Rings in there? Is this the first in the in a series? I hope so. I hope so. If it goes if it goes well enough, and Wiley want to do another one with me, then let's do it. Terrific. Good idea. <laughs> That'd be great. And if someone wanted to reach out, I mean, do you have a website where you because you're doing online education and other things, right? So um, how would they how would they take this further? Is there a website where you've got more more that people can do? Yeah, if someone wants to reach out, if they go to nickbrax.com, they I've got a whole lot of information on there. It's got all the links for the book. If you go and um, sign up to the site, you actually get sent a free chapter of the book and there's a whole lot of other free information, programs, et cetera. So if you just go there, you'll yeah, you'll find a whole lot of stuff. Terrific. Good on you. Congrats. And we look forward to hearing of, of more and more success yeah, that comes your way. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Booktopia podcast channel. Don't forget, you can subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes for free and get access to hundreds of author discussions, book analysis pieces and more. Or if your eyes need a workout, head to Booktopia TV on YouTube. Don't forget, for all books featured in this podcast and for access to a whole bunch of other fun content on our blog, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore at booktopia.com.au.